A first up trip out west was never going to be easy, but thanks to a late goal, the Raw returned home with a point. We've got that, the Socceroos, and a lot more to discuss on this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. of the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam here and we're very glad that you're joining us and we're also very pleased to be joined by Alex and Liam from Queensland Socceroos fan. Hey guys. Hey guys, how are you? Hey, how are we? Now, Liam, I'm pretty sure this is your first appearance since that live show we did at the Pig and Whistle. Yes, the very loud and live show at the Pig and Whistle, yeah. yeah. That's right. And we're also very pleased that uh, you may be listening to us on our new replay station of uh, Football Nation Radio. We're very pleased to be on board with them for this season. You'll be able to hear us at 12 o'clock Brisbane time uh, every Thursday, that's lunchtime, so good way to fill in an hour's lunch break. And you can also get in contact with us, brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com, Facebook, The Raw Review, we're still working on changing that to uh, Brisbane Football Review, but you can thank Mr Zuckerberg for that. And Twitter, at BNE Football. While we're still here, Alex, how can we get in contact with Queensland Soccer Roots? You can get in contact with us at uh, Twitter, it is at Queensland Soccer Roots. I believe As and Liam just looks that up yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. just checking that just, yeah. I don't have to look myself up yeah. many times yeah. you know, so. um, and it is also yes we are on Facebook yeah, it's, um, well. uh, Liam uh, Queensland Socceroos fans is the Facebook site and the Twitter is Socceroos Queensland QLD there we go there we go. Now, you may, you may notice we're sounding a little bit different. We're all camped around our uh, outdoor microphone tonight because we've got a very full uh, studio here. Very full. We're very pleased to have what might be our most full episode yet, I'm pretty sure, Adam. I think so. It's a bye week, apparently. Yeah, exactly. So, we brought these two in to help us fill the uh, normal preview segment because we've got two Socceroos games to discuss. But mm-hmm. first, this is a Brisbane uh, primary, primarily focused podcast. So, yeah. we're going to start with the Raw's trip out west. And yes. Five o'clock, Sunday afternoon, Raw take on Perth. It actually turned out to be an alright result in the end. Scott, what was your takeaway from the game? I thought it got better, didn't it? The first half was a bit average in terms of the Raw's performance. Glory were really on top in the game. But the second half, when the Raw got in control, or got some momentum in the game, they looked pretty good. And by the end, you probably thought if anyone was going to go on and win it, it would be them. Now, I know it took them until the 95th slash 97th minute for the VAR goal to be given, but they were well on top of creating chances in that second half. Yeah, look, um, yeah, first half, I think, uh, less said the better on that. It wasn't a great performance, but also as well, Captain, I thought Perth were, were really good in the first half, but Raw in the second half really sort of you know, started to get their work, take control. And I think um, the substitutions as well for the Raw, I think really sort of you know, swung momentum in their favour. 
Yeah, definitely. And it, it, it's interesting to see. I mean, it, well, it, it will be interesting to see this season how the substitutions come off the bench and perform. Um, whether it was, you know, a bit of Darren Davies getting in uh, Robbie Fowler's ear around the substitutions or not, I guess we'll see uh, throughout the duration of the season. Yeah, definitely. I think those substitutions, they really did, you know, swing the match in their favour. I was starting to get a little bit sweary towards the TV <laughs> around about the 75th minute mark going, when are we going to see some changes? Mm. But on, first of all, that starting 11 was pretty much what we'd expected during pre-season. The only real point of contention that I seemed to notice was the fact that Max Crockham was starting over Jamie Young, but mm. it sure seems like Crockham's won the battle, even if it is a case of it being 1A, 1B. I know Robbie Fowler didn't really say it until an hour before kickoff, but pretty much when they played that way two weeks before the season against Gold Coast Knights and the week before against Peninsula Power, it was pretty clear that Max Crockham had won the deal, which was a bit of a surprise really when you think of it. Jamie Young didn't do too much wrong last season. I know they conceded a record number of goals, but you'd still thought he was one of the world's better players, and he did pretty well in the cup as well, so it is a bit of a surprise that he went for Crockham so early, but I thought he did really well, actually. He didn't have a lot to do in terms of saves to make, but what he did, he did quite well. Yeah, absolutely, and I think overall, it it was a good performance in the second half. That first Mm -hmm. half, there were a lot of complaints. Some people, I think, were maybe getting a little bit... uh, a little bit too panicky early on, trying to say, "Oh, we're back to the Aloisi days and whatnot." But I, th- I think it's more of uh, a case of, of, you know, just memory sort of saying the last time we saw Raw in action in the A League, they weren't very good, and there was almost like a continuation of that. So I think people get into old habits early and saying, "Oh, you know, it's Raw struggling. You know, Raw are going to have a long season." But certainly, the second half performance sort of really sort of, I think, you know, changed the tide. And you've got to remember, Perth are the defending premiers. They're not defending premiers for nothing, and they had seven players backing up from that grand final. Now, Liam, one question I want to ask you, because you're obviously quite a mad Liverpool fan. I think anyone who's met you will be able to attest to that. What are your expectations of Robbie Fowler, you know, transitioning from player to coach? Um, I don't. I don't really think um, you can you can put him in this in in the same realm as uh, as a coach as he was with the player. Um, he he has certainly uh, uh, been exposed to some pretty good managers over the years, and I and I think he's going to take some pretty good aspects from from what he's learnt, um, also to uh, his big fan favourite. So I, so I noticed uh, uh, after the game, well, well, I think I read online that he was really behind the guys to go see the fans after the game. I think I think he's I think he's going to uh, bring some uh, some changes to the some positive changes. Absolutely, I think one of the um, aspects uh, of, of the game, that is especially the second half, was that maybe perhaps the roar from last season would have just capitulated. You know. With about 10 or 15 minutes to go, and you know they they might not have you know dug in, but I think this new way of thinking and this never say die, I think um, I think I think he's he, he's brought that on with him pretty good. Definitely, and the the way they responded in that second half was a really good sign, I suppose, for what Fowler was able to do. Let's hear from what he had to say after the uh, match in the press conference. Um, what's going on my mind? I think it was a game that we we deserved to get someone out of. Um, I think it just shows you the, the, the characters and the quality that we have in our team, you know, playing till the till the very end. Um, again, probably a silly mistake for our goal, but, but listen, the, the boys were unbelievable in the second half. Uh, come to a place like Perth, who are an incredible team, uh, they have incredible players. It made it really difficult for us, but we got what we totally deserved. If, if not more, we could we could have had more. And look, in all in all honesty, I'm not a, a massive, massive fan of it. Um, that might be changing tonight. 
But uh, yeah, look, the emotions just uh, I think that football game should be like. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, we have so much belief in our players, as I said before, uh, and for them to keep going, and you know, it, it takes uh, you know last minute by a VAR. Uh, you, you can imagine what it's like. You know, I'm actually nearly run on the pitch, uh, but uh, obviously the, the the flag goes up and it, it's disallowed, and um, thankfully it was the right decision here. So that was Robbie Fowler there after the match. Scott, you want to talk about the way they set up tactically? Yeah, it's just it's interesting because all pre-season were build out from the back, play through the thirds, and then interplay in the front third. In this game against Perth, they've put a lot of crosses in from wide areas, aerially. We hadn't really seen that from the Roar in pre-season from my eye towards O'Donovan. It worked better when Amadi Holloway came on, which we'll get to in a minute, but it just seemed like a bit of a, a interesting change given you played one way all pre-season and you bring this out in round one. Funnily enough, that was actually the one thing that I wanted to get to next uh, with the way that they were crossing it in and that substitution of Aaron Amati Holloway. And that seemed to be the real turning point in the match for the Raw. Yeah, definitely. It was a bit of a presence that uh, the Raw were lacking, I think, in that front third. Um, you know, probably in that first half and prior to his appearance in the, the second half. And it seemed to put the Perth defenders off, and which is quite surprising considering the size of their back three. Yeah, look, um, I think that was the turning point. Animate hallway. He just provides a presence that you know that sort of, that we have we haven't seen for a while from from Raw. Maybe you know since maybe an Eric Partlow as far as the size goes. And um, yeah, look, he uh, he offers obviously a lot. And you know the fact that he's in the perfect spot you know for the game winner. Um, look, I think it, it's, I think it might be a bit of a shock weapon that uh, that the Raw have up their sleeve going forward. That's the point I was about to make. It's not just the fact he's a presence; it's also his intelligence to be in the right areas. Because there was one moment just before the goal, actually, he made a great run towards the back post, which wasn't acknowledged. And then a couple of minutes later, it was. So it's not just his like he's a presence; it's his intelligence to be in space to be able to create opportunities for himself and others. He's actually going to be a quite an interesting weapon. I know he had an injury in pre-season, but he could be a real X factor this year. Definitely, and with the way that he's sort of working himself in as well, just that intelligence that he showed, like, to be able to be there and like, headed across uh, back to Roy O'Donovan, who was offside from the initial cross from Jay O'Shea, but when the header came back, he was onside, it was the right call from VAR. Yeah. We don't have time to get into the VAR, do we? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's say no and just keep talking about the positives there. Yeah. Overall, I think the Raw have to be pretty happy to come away with a point. Yeah, Liam? Oh, absolutely. I, look, I, I think the... The character that they showed in that uh, in the in the second half, um, I think, to just not um, give up and just keep attacking, and they did that right to the end. I think that was I think that's a a good sign of things to come for for the rest of the season. I think if they can, if they can keep that keep that attitude and that grit going, uh, which is something that we didn't see a lot of last season, um, I think yeah, I think I think we'll be up there pretty good. And just statistically as well, the fact they only conceded one goal away to Perth, a side that had no trouble putting goals past them, even going back a few years. I remember there was a 6-3 game mm. back in 2016, I want to say, early 2016, finished 6-3. Yeah. And, you know, they, they do look a lot more defensively uh, resolute. And I think that's got a lot to do with the fact that you have a guy like Tom Aldred at the back basically saying, hey guys... Tackle him. <laughs> just, just to put it simply. A bit of organisation. And also as well, Raw have got a pretty awful record over at, um, what do we call it? HGF Park. Yeah, they've only won one of their last eight games over there. So um, to get a point uh, against the defending premiers, I think is a, more, is a more positive thing. And that's the other good thing is the Raw have now made their one and only trip to Perth. The, unless they make finals and play each other, 
in Perth. That's it for the year. So that five and a half hour plane trip is done. That's another massive positive to get that out of the way early. And the one advantage of having the buyer after the Perth game, I'm pretty sure if they lost, they were told they were walking back because they had the time to. <laughs> <laughs> a long time, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so some of the other results from uh, round one. Adelaide 2, Sydney 3. That was actually, i got to be honest, that was a cracking game. It was, game. It, was, it, was, yeah. it was. It was an yeah. excellent game. Yeah. What, what is it with Hindmarsh Stadium and putting on great games of late? Yeah, well, might be something about the size of the stadium, perhaps. Mm, yeah. Take, take, yeah. Take a hint. Uh, Queensland government. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can find the change or petition out there several times, I'm sure. Yeah. But that was a really good way to start the season as well. Cause excellent. Way I, I, I was at work for that, and obviously when I'm there, I'm multitasking, trying to cover multiple games. But I honestly found myself really getting caught up in that game, and that's a really good sign. In fact, that yeah, I was really happy with that. Okay, Western Sydney 2, Central Coast 1. Yeah, right. I picked Western Sydney to win, so I'm happy with that. I think Central Coast might uh, show that they might be a bit better than what we're giving credit. They, they were unlucky, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, in their day. But, yeah. but Western Sydney, I think, are also a work in progress. So that yeah. it might be too early to see where the results go in the form line going down the road. I think with the with that Western Sydney game as well was, was that story with the ball boy. That was awesome. Now, isn't, Daniel isn't, Wilmering, yeah. yeah, isn't, yeah. It, isn't, isn't it amazing to see that? Like, the, like, mm. like he was a ball boy at, you know, at very early on and now he's mm. made his run on... You know, it's fantastic. It shows the league is starting to mature. It's as brilliant. Well. I love yeah. it. Like and, yeah. and 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 you know and the and the praise and the cuddles he was getting from the from, from the manager and before he went on. Yeah. Can we say the best the love best uh, dress manager awards over already? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 hundred yeah. percent, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Big signing today as well for the Wanderers too. Nicola Muller from Germany. Eintracht yes, Frankfurt, just... I believe, is the player they brought in. So, mm. yeah, I think terrific signing right Thomas on the end of the transfer window. <laughs> <laughs> they might be a bit outside the budget, you know. <laughs> I'm sure they've got a marquee spot available. Uh, Melbourne Derby, I went and saw the Joker instead of that, and I think I made the right decision by all accounts. You did. And the game before the Raw, uh, Wellington nil, Western United won in the first edition of the Mark Rodan Derby, and. <laughs> I tell you, what, I don't know how Western United are going to go long term, but at least early on, when they've got these uh, old guys who really can produce, Diamante, Barisha, I, I think they're going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I think it's Dad's army done right, as opposed to the last Dad's army. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with uh, Mr. Macaroni and Cheese. Yeah. All right, so we'll go to close out segment one. We're going to go quickly around the room. Scott, what's the one thing that stood out for you in round one? It was Western United, actually, the way they gelled as a team. We haven't seen much of them in their preseason. They've been really quiet, but the way they gelled as a team, they looked really, really together as a group. So you noticed that they were actually really together as well in the team. So they look like they're going to be a real surprise package. I thought it was uh, Central Coast Mariners. Despite losing, um, I think they might be a bit of a joke in the pack this season. I, I've, I've, I'm, I've got high hopes for Stadge and the boys on uh, the Central Coast. Yeah, Alex stole my thunder with that one. I was going to say Central Coast. Um, I think you know they've after a very rough uh, few seasons they've had. Um, if this one game is going to go, well, you, know, you can't really gauge the season on it. But certainly they showed a lot of promise. I think in that, that game. Yeah, look, I'll go the elephant in the room and VAR. Um, <laughs> six, six, six decisions. Look, in the end, six correct decisions. But mm. again, the process needs work. And I think mm. I think most people say, you know, that uh, I'll see on mine and say, look, we're, they're happy that VAR is doing the right thing as far as decisions go. But the process needs to be tied up because it is killing the game. And I feel sorry for Elvis Kemp's side because that was a great goal celebration. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. amazing. It was, but I thought, oh, well, that's kind of what I was going to go yeah. for as well, was the VAR and the fact they got the decisions right, but there is still issues that they need to sort out. First of all, uh, timeliness. It's got to be quicker. And second of all, explain to the fans in the stadium what the hell's going on. Yeah, because yeah, you want to get that you. match day yeah. experience. Yeah. Fan, if fans are going to get a better picture of what's going on coming home and watching it on TV, 
then they're going to go and do that in droves. Adam's so, point's a good one too, though. It did ruin the Cam Sober moment. It also ruined Al, Al Hassan Toure's big moment as well. Mm. First goal in the A League, scored a goal, celebrates, has to wait another two and a half minutes to find it. Yes, you were onside. It, do, it needs to speed that up. It does. And the other point as well, I would like to make about the in stadium thing as well. How hard would it be to put a banner up on the uh, screen or something and say uh, VAR checking four? You know, it, yeah. you, and then it's literally just fill in the blank and there you go. Yeah, we could do a whole podcast on oh, VAR, oh, but yes. for the sake of our ratings, we promise yeah. we're not going to do <laughs> and, that. And and our collective sanity. Too, <laughs> yeah. right, yes. So the good news is we're going to come back and talk about the Socceroos. This is Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And we're back on the Brisbane Football Review. It's James, Scott, Adam, Alex and Liam here. And we're part of the Podular Media Network. And also you can hear us on Football Nation Radio on Thursdays at uh, midday Queensland time, 1pm AEDT, which really is important to remember that because Australian Eastern Summertime just really doesn't work, does it? Not at all. Yeah. We're not going to turn this segment into a referendum on daylight saving. Instead, we're going to talk about the Socceroos and, well, is Graham Isle's job in trouble? I've got to, I've got to ask that because a 12-1 combined margin over the last week, I don't know where that one came from. Scott? It shouldn't be. Given <laughs> no, you know, it shouldn't be, but look, you would have liked a bit more... I'm not sure. Just, bit yeah, more off about it. Just, it seemed like they were going through the motions a bit and... They need to step it up against higher quality opposition. I mean, look, Nepal and Chinese Taipei are probably the two weakest teams we will face on this road to Qatar, and you would have liked a bit more of a convincing performance in those two games. We do have a two guys from Queensland Socceroos fans here, so let's turn it over to them a little bit and start off with Alex. So what was your take from the Nepal game? 5-0 to Australia, which, I don't know, it didn't really feel as good as a 5-0 win. No, it didn't. It, it, it felt lacklustre. It felt like it lacked polish, lacked finish, a bit of finesse, a bit of something. A bit of something. Um, you know what it is? Uh, this is my opinion. It missed the midfield. It was non-existent in that game for me. I, I didn't think it existed. It was a bit messy. Yeah. yeah. Um, look, I look, I I thought the game was okay. Um, well, we could have easily have um, gone forward a lot better than what we did. Uh, but again, that 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 comes down to the lack of the midfield that we had. Um, there was there there was moments in the second half of the second half. I thought we, we were starting starting to come on. We could kind of see signs of of, of things of things to come and you could see where the, there was a few combination plays in there but uh, overall I think first game uh, no second game wasn't it sorry second game uh, first one at home um, we got the points they were just going through the motions I, that's, that's what I think look I subscribe to the fact that you know qualifying it's all about the result more than sort of mm-hmm. performance performance you know obviously you like yourself but Realistically, I think at the end of the day, you've got to remember this is the opposition, you know, uh, over 120 places below them. The standard's not going to be there. And sometimes when you're 3-0 up after 25 minutes, um, it, it takes a very, very, you know, mentally strong team to go and pile on another 10 goals on. So I think I think it's the soccer side maybe sort of said, uh, 3-0, job's done. You know, we can sort of, you know, work on other things. And I think at the end of the day, I think, you know, 5-0, you know, yeah, look, it was a pass, but, you know, barely a pass because... Look at the end of the day, what, what is a pass or what is a fail in this early stage qualifying? Oh, how good you know, things are where we're not happy with a 5-0 win. But you're right, it, it <laughs> yeah, did yeah. kind of feel like it, these two games overall were a bit of a one-eyed performance where it was, you know, one eye on the game, maybe one eye on club duties coming up this weekend because 
some of these guys do have pretty big games coming up for their for the teams which do pay their wages. And I think there was a little bit of a let's just get through this, get the win, mm. you know, help the goal yeah. difference a little bit, and perhaps most importantly, get out in one piece. It's also a bit of experimentation. So we saw Harry Sutar come in for his first couple of games. Jamie McLaren mm. got a, a start for a, yeah. one rare start for a while as well. Adam yeah. Taggart played on Tuesday night against Chinese Taipei, his first start for a while. So there was a bit of experimentation in there as well, in addition to, yet yeah, just get through these two games. I want to delve into Jamie McLaren a little bit more, because obviously, you know, we've seen him at the Raw, he's now back at Melbourne City, so we have a very different opinion of him now that he's uh, wearing the wrong coloured A-League jersey, but I, w- I wanted to talk about, you know, how did you guys think he went? Well, I'll start off with Liam. Yeah, um, he, he is a bit of a, a six-yard six box kind of uh, uh, player. Um, you can see he was trying to make those runs on the wing, but but uh, there was just again with the midfield, uh, not the wings, off the off the off the shoulders of, of players, and um, again that comes down to the to the midfield not not wanting to play that ball to him, uh, where he 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 thrives off those balls up up the middle, and there wasn't there wasn't many of them. And the one thing that kind of stood out for me as well was like even though Socceroo scored five goals, he was dealing with a pretty packed. Uh, defensive oh, group were, as yeah, well. Like yeah, the, Nepal was sitting they were very narrow. Yeah, they were sitting yeah. way back, going, "Well, all right, if you're going to score, score, you've got to go through literally the entire yeah. team." Yeah. So yeah. that would have made things a little bit more difficult. Yeah, look, that's um, and look, both sides. Yeah, I think you know Nepal and trying to play both. They knew that you know, obviously it would have been about Danny's limitation, not getting embarrassed, and and when they do that, it's sort of set up very defensively, which I think is actually good, good for Australia. Because I think you know they're they're going to come against teams on the road to Qatar that are going to play. Because I think. I think it's out there now, especially in Asia, that the way to beat the Socceroos yeah. is to just to just to pack them out of the game, you know, just to defensively just you know box them out. Yeah. And um, look, so having having that mentality played up against them already, I think that you know, maybe this was at least good practice against obviously you know much lower stand opposition. That's always been a tactic for Asian sides against Australia in the group. Park the bus, so to speak, against Australia. Get a draw if you can, and try and get all your points in the other games. That's always been the tactic, and you're right. Until Australia find a way to combat that regularly, it's going to keep happening. Yeah, we need that player to, um, you know, unlock the back door, so to speak. Someone that can play those vertical passes, which I think has been lacking. Someone that breaks the lines down um, is is probably the issue, really. Do a question? Do we think Aaron Moy sits too deep in this side? Sitting as one or two screen midfielders yeah. with Jackson Irvine mm-hmm. and Headlam. I know yeah, when you, I know Irvine's done well in that role, but surely you want Moy more advanced, wouldn't you? Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I kind of lo- I've long been of the opinion that Aaron Moy might be Australia's best player, but I don't think he's suited to what the Socceroos want to do right now. I'm not sure he's really that guy who can break a pack defense open, really play that killer pass. I th- actually think he's one of those guys that might be a little bit better as an impact sub off the bench, where you can sort of have more clearly designed uh, designed midfield roles when you've got uh, all your players available. So you've got those guys like. Tom Rogic, whose job it would be just to get forward and score. You've got a Jackson Irvine who can sort of play that, you know, box-to-box role and maybe a slightly more defensive-minded midfielder. I, I do love Aaron Moy as a player. I just don't know if he necessarily fits in that Australian think, system. Don't forget Massimo Longo. That's who I was thinking yeah. of. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. A lot of Australian coaches have forgotten about Massimo Longo, particularly at World Cups. <laughs> <laughs> Burn, but very true. <laughs> yeah, well, that, I don't know. That's just the way I kind of feel about Aaron Moy. Um... Okay, so it was a fantastic atmosphere in Canberra as well. It should be said, obviously, you know, we all want more games in Brisbane, but it was good to see, you know, the Nepalese uh, contingent going off in Canberra as well. I think 
Fox were very, very happy to have something else to focus on in that second half. Yeah. I think it was every three minutes or something there was a camera shot of the... And that guy running around yeah. with the Nepalese flag just through the crowd. <laughs> I wish I had some of his energy, to be honest. So I, I'm actually wondering, did he just forget to go to the gym before the game? I was like, okay, well, I've got to do, get, get my daily exercise. Yeah. He was definitely up for his 10,000 step count, wasn't he? Oh. The step th- 10,000 step challenge, yeah. And I will use this as a segue into last night's game. Yeah. Uh, Harry Sutar... Uh, Davis is the tallest outfielder in soccer in history. Scored a goal on debut and also bagged a brace last night. Mm-hmm. Can we get Scott McDonald's thoughts on his goal scoring? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> ouch! Yeah. Ouch! He's got to stop watching soccer his games if he hasn't already. Every yeah. time there's a new player comes in scores, it just must burn him inside. Yeah, a little piece of his heart must yeah. just break every time. It was a seven-one win for the yeah. Socceroos last night, which. Well, it got off to a pretty good start. A brace from Adam Taggart inside 20 minutes. But then, Trace Taipei did actually get one back on 22 minutes. And yeah, it was a cracker. Yeah, yeah it was a fantastic yeah. goal. I had honestly thought the Socceroos were going to win to nil, and I think quite a few people might have done that as well. At 2-1, on about half an hour, was there any sort of, you know, tortured Socceroos fan, you know, thinking back 1997, going, oh God, how are they going to balls this up from here? Yeah, yeah, I um, I got the jitters. I must admit at that point, um, the the ghosts of years gone by have certainly resurfaced in in that very moment when they um, when they put it to two one. You just it it's football. Just that the door comes ajar just that little bit and gives the opposition just that faintest of hopes. I uh, I I knew they'd win. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say I was terribly I worried that. against Chinese Taipei. <laughs> there, there was just a small part of me going, yeah, oh, no, yeah, look, yeah. Look, I can, I can, I can completely understand where Alex is coming from, and many fans of over the years, as including myself, have it's been one of those, one of those bogey games where we, you know, where, where, the, where we've lost those games or drawn those games against the lower opposition. But um, I don't know. I just, uh, I just had a feeling that that we were going to go ahead, and win. I thought we would have won by more, to be honest. But. Um, no, happy with it. It's a concern, though, conceding a goal like that to a team like Chinese Bay, who probably will be the weakest team in our group. Again, looking ahead to the more competitive qualifiers coming forward. I'll be a clean sheet in this game would have been what you've been looking for, surely. Yes, maybe, but I'll, I've been looking at that goal a couple of times today, and the big thing that kind of comes back to me is what I said before about it being you know, a one-eyed performance, where it was just a case of, can we just get through this game and get yeah. moving uh, back to our club commitments? Oh, look, I was there, so how and heart, never in doubt. And, and my thought was, good on uh, Chinese Taipei for getting on the board. I think uh, it, was, uh, it was a good goal, and you know, they took their chance. And look, they celebrate, and that, that young uh, fellow will probably remember it the rest of his life. Absolutely. Yeah. And also, it has to be mentioned as well, uh, Emilio Estevez, oh, the, best yes. the best man oh, yeah. in a soccer as opponent since the striker for China shooting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, I, was, uh, I was quite happy to see A-League a- memes on there that, uh, straight after it though was, uh, with these uh, memes that he does uh, yeah that was pretty good look, there we could po- do a whole podcast on Mighty Ducks jokes here <laughs> yeah we could except for Adam I don't think Adam's seen those movies actually no, so oh, it wow. might be a, it'd be a four person show but kind of show a child when it comes to that yeah well then there was also you know his brother Charlie Sheen on the bench and <laughs> yeah yeah, I think there were quite a bit of fun with that last They needed the coach from the third movie, the defensive specials. That's who they needed. <laughs> Jeffrey Nordling, who also guest starred in... Well, actually had a start... No, I don't think it was guest star. He had a pretty solid role in season 7 of 24 as well, which completely blew my mind. Like, just going from only really seeing him in the Mighty Ducks, then 24. There were seven seasons of 24? 
eight, actually. Jeez, and I was about to say, if you turn around and look at the DVD collection, I don't have those DVDs anymore. <laughs> anyway, going forward, <laughs> going forward, Jordan next month. What are your expectations of that, Alex? Oh, that that's that's the this is the toughest game of the pool. That one hundred percent. This is this is the banana peel. Oh well, no, it's not really banana peel because this is it's the toughest game of the pool, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, this, this is the one the one roadblock um, that that we have and it is the first game of the international break from memory that we play so usually not going to have a great performance with the players just arriving into Jordan um yeah it's it's got it's got big hazard signs all over it for me at least at least with some of the players that are coming in that that won't travel as far to get there either so that's that's one thing but yeah it's definitely one of those games when we saw that we drew uh, Jordan uh, I was like oh here we go again um it's really, really tough in the Middle East. I mean, the Kuwait was a success because purely because it was for the Kuwaitis, but Jordan always lifts against us at home. Um, and I think the one thing that you can be guaranteed is the uh, is, is a social media storm that's going to come on the, on the Socceroos page. Yeah. And boy, we can't wait for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly, that's probably the one game that I will be happy with if they get away, get out of it yeah. with a draw. And yeah. look, in all honesty, I'm still not totally convinced on Graham Arnold and whether or not he was the best man for the job. If he can get something out of that game, you know, whether it's a one one draw or even a yeah. two one win or something, that's gonna do that's gonna go a long way into making me feel a lot yeah. more confident in him. Yeah, look I think but also as well from the other hand, the, the prize is there that this group this group is over. If if they win in Amman next month, this group is all over. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. and they can they can start thinking about, you know, first place, you know, getting through automatically to to uh Round three, so I think that that would be the challenge. But I think this is a game. I think we banked on that. You know, a draw or a loss, it's not terminal. Yeah, no, uh, it's not. They got three out of four at home to finish off, so they should be able to anyway. It's interesting now because there's been a couple of interesting results around Asia. I think um, Thailand have had a win over UAE last night. Philippines wow, drew with China, and Saudi Arabia drew at home to Palestine. More and of course, you had the North Korea, South Korea draw oh, as well. So some of the big teams in Asia have slipped up in this UAE early phase sh- of qualifying. UAE was a shock for me. Yeah, mm, I, massive shock. Uh, yeah, 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 that's. But it must. Uh, I'm sorry to cut in, but it also shows the leaps and bounds Thailand have yeah. taken. The 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 youth the youth development uh, is on a, a, a incredible upward trajectory. At I the think moment. Thailand might be one to watch. Uh, yeah, you know, from later down yeah. the qualifying because. Yeah. Alex's point exactly. You know, they're, they're, like I said, they've got a couple of you know, their best players playing in the J League. Mm. Um, they're, they're, like I said, they're, they're pretty strong at junior level. So obviously they come through. So, you know, what are you, two years' time? Now they, they're going to be sort of right there. I think they might be a dark horse you know, to go on to Qatar. Well, we we played them in the last last lot yeah. of qualifying. And Melbourne, they, yeah. yeah, and they, and they, you know, they were better than what, you know, people were made to think Thailand and the world of football, you know, uh-huh, they just kind of laugh at it. But if you saw that game and you see the the progress that they've made over the last the last uh, year or so, you know that if we were to draw them again, I reckon that would be a game that we should be just as worried about if if, if, if it was Japan or, or, or South Korea. You know? At this point, right off Thailand at your own peril. I think that you, you guys all said it. They've made fantastic yeah. strides in the last few years. I remember. I think it would have been about twenty. 20- 13 maybe there was a qualifier there that the Socceroos only just got away with yeah. well you go right back to the Asian Cup 2007 our first tournament in Asia it was in yeah. Thailand the final group game yes Australia won in the end but they were all over Australia in that game they've always been a high energy side that caused Australia a lot of and that, problems and that, was, and that was with the golden generation coincidence I think not <laughs> anyway yeah so look 
there's a lot to look forward to with Asia Parliament, but yeah. we are right, Scott. Like, that has to be the prize going forward. Yeah. You can end this group right now because keep in mind as well, Australia's at the Copa America next yeah. year, yes. next year. Yes. Draws out early January. Hopefully they can play Uruguay. December, sorry, yeah. Early December. Right. Fingers crossed end up in the Uruguay group. But most yes. importantly as well, like, if you were in this group early, that means you don't have to worry about those qualifiers in June because it means then you can say, all right, let's get our squad right for the Copa America instead of having to go all out there and maybe come in a little bit battered, I suppose. Mm. No, no, that's just... Yeah. No, you're no, right, I'd absolutely. Be, I'd be confident that, you know, an all-A-League all you know, Socceroos team could do the job against Chinese Taipei here, even go to Kathmandu. At that time of year? In June, having when they finish so early? That's fine. Just push Milos Nikovic's citizenship through, and we'll be fine. (laughs) Well, it's a little bit late for Thomas Broich, unfortunately. But anyway, when we take a break, we'll come back and uh, close out with our final segment. How's that sound? Sounds good. Looking at me there, sure. Let's go. Yeah, uh, it's good. You're finally learning to respond instead of just shrugging. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) We're getting there four years in. Medium. (laughs) All right, we'll be back after this. This is a Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott, Adam, Alex and Liam here in this super-sized recording uh, studio, I think we'll call it here. Uh, We're obviously all parked around the one microphone and this is a Podular Media production and you can also get in contact with us, brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com, Facebook, the Raw Review, Twitter at BNE Football, and you're obviously listening to this podcast on uh, FNR, Football Nation Radio, Wooshka, iTunes, Spotify, and I'm sure we've got a few other ones I set up as well. I've completely forgotten. What's a line? All good podcasts. All good podcast outlets. Yeah. And we'll do one quick other plug for Queensland Socceroos fans as well with yes. Alex and Liam, yes. because you guys do quite a lot of good work with that, and it's a lot of fun to keep track of. Yeah, look, uh, which I guess it's just basically having a local... Brisbane based or a Queensland based kind of uh, uh, place to come to for Socceroos and we're trying to get people like uh, like club football to get together on the Socceroos games and get to get the pick and whistle because everyone knows that you know, it's, it is a home of football in Brisbane and so yeah if Thought whenever Perry there's a Park Soccer game, a home of football. sorry Thought Perry oh, Park was a home of football controversial well, maybe <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so um, yeah so anyone so anytime that we have uh, any games on a at a, at a good hour because even if we had the late hour games you know not many people come to them understandably but if we, especially the home games you know if, if we can't make it to the to the um, to the grounds let's you know, let's all get together let's get our colours on and let's just all you know get behind the Socceroos as, as one in Brisbane I just had an idea we should probably send Scott to the meet up for the Jordan game because Adam and I I'm pretty sure are both overseas for that what's this? <laughs> uh, Scott, you'll just see that bus I threw you under. Yeah, yeah. thanks for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, and look, and, we're, and we work in with um, with uh, New South Wales Socceroos uh, fans and with uh, and, and the Australian active support with uh, that uh, that Blaine uh, in Western Australia's uh, uh, started up. So uh, we're all part of a network together, and, and we're all trying to uh, get active support going for the Socceroos. Well, I'm just going to swerve that bus and throw the Queensland government up there because maybe what we might get a World Cup qualifier up here at some point in the future. Perhaps, maybe. No, probably not. Mm-hmm. We can only dream. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't. I, I think getting getting any games in the in initial rounds, I said, <laughs> would would probably be a complete waste. I, I you you would love to see 
one of the big qualifiers uh, could come back isn't to Suncorp Isn't there a shiny new stadium about 1,500 k's that away? That was in uh, North. Yeah. Sorry, North, sorry. Townsville. Yeah, great yeah, city of Townsville, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, let's all yeah. let's all go up to Townsville and mm-hmm. let's uh, let's enjoy. It. But again, you've got to bring get back the, right the Fury. Team. Great spot, Townsville. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Bring back but the do Fury. You want, but do you want a, a Central Asian team in Townsville? Because it's humid. Well, wouldn't you want to send them down to oh, Hobart or something? You know? Controversial you know? and yeah. very good. Reminds me of a World Cup qualifier story from the uh, I think the, it's the Scotland uh, thing. Yeah, the yeah. Scotland Darwin Gate. Yeah, the one playing Darwin they ended yeah. up playing down in Melbourne. Great yeah. idea. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Anyway, so this segment we're obviously working in a little bit of filler because yeah. the Raw are on a bye this weekend. So we're going to focus a little bit on the W League squad. Now we don't know when the draw is because that's still to be released. What we do have though is a few squad announcements. So uh, this is what's been announced so far: Mackenzie Arnold, Georgina Worth, the goalkeepers, defenders. Claire Farrington, Claire Polkinghorne, that latter one was just announced uh, a couple of hours before we recorded, so good to see the captain back. Yeah. Natalie Tatham, Caitlin Torpy, uh, midfielders, you've got Leah Davidson, Katrina Gorry, Holly Palmer, attackers Riley Baston, who I believe is the NPLW Golden Boot winner she is from Mormon Bay. Oh, yep. yeah. India Page Riley, who I think was one of the breakout stars of last season. Alira Toby, who, another player who's uh, just coming off a pretty good NPL season as well. And Tamika Yallop, who you may remember as Tamika Butt, but she's now married to mm-hmm. Christy or Kirsty Yallop. Yes, I, former Brisbane Raw player as well and New Zealand international. Yeah, so yeah. Tamika yeah. Yallop, you'll be mm-hmm. seeing that on the back of her jersey this year. And Impressive, Scott. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it is very good to see uh, Yallop back as yeah. well. I think we all enjoyed her. Uh, I think this is be what her twelfth season with Who's Brisbane. This? Polkinghorne. Yallop. Mm-hmm. Oh, 11th. She missed one year down at Melbourne City last, last year. Last year, last season. Yeah, and then yeah. Yeah. But every other year she was with the Raw. Yeah, there we go. Mm. And then also, I think we're very happy to see Katrina Gorry back as well. We can only hope that she's uh, healthier this mm. season than she was last year as yeah. well, where that foot injury really derailed uh, her W League season and I'd say a little bit her World Cup campaign yeah, as well. Definitely, definitely. Mm. Yeah, it, I think the one thing about the squad at the moment is still waiting on a number of um, yeah. visa players to come mm-hmm. through. Uh, Roz, Riley Bayson, I would think she would qualify as a beach player. She, she's American mm-hmm. origin who did play in the NPL, so she might be one. But um, So it'd be interesting to see that makeup or how around out. Look, we'd hope that, you know, likes of Susbure, uh, yeah. Carson Pickett will be back. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, we know that um, Chi Ubogu, she won't be back. She's at Real Madrid. Why yeah, would wow. you do that? Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you, yeah. Add in um, Celeste Hayley Razzo, and Carson Pickett, and yeah. that's starting to look like a really good squad mm. there. And that's mm. the core of what they all have for the last two years, which would be a really good starting point for Jake Goodship in his first year. Yeah, definitely. And also, part of that media release that came out this afternoon as well, Claire Polkinghorne will be acting as an assistant coach as well. Oh, wow. Oh, I that. oh okay. Was that the only one that yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, I think you were. <laughs> yes, you were. <laughs> good to know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's... What's breaking news in the <laughs> uh, Unless I did misread that. If so, my apologies. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that's what I read. I read the first line. Yeah, there we go. She's back, back perfect. matters. <laughs> yeah, Two players exactly. who won't be back, though. First of all, uh, part-time AFLW player and part-time Ninja Warrior, Jenna McCormick. She's gone to Melbourne Victory, so... Be former, former <laughs> AFLW player, I think. Oh, yes. I think she's officially and given that up now. Australian Ninja Warrior. Yeah, so she's gone. To, she's gone to Melbourne Victory, following the tried and true path of Melbourne Victory coaching uh, Brisbane players, and then you've also got Annalie Grove, who's gone to Canberra. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I think she only came in because Georgina Worth had an injury that saw her ruled out for all last year. So they've gone back to the two goalkeepers that they would have had last year. Yes, that's mm-hmm. right. So uh, more W League announcements to come as well. We might check 
check in with the Raw Corps at some stage as well, see what they've got going for the season coming as well, because, well, why not? W League season's always exciting, and uh, I think if the Raw uh, continue to recruit well, they should be in the mix this year. Well, it's been the best on field Raw team for the last couple of years, that's for sure. It all, it all starts with actually a draw. Well, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. There was that story that came out in the Guardian as well about uh, mooted changes for the W League, which, mm. look, great to have aspirations, no idea how much of that is going to come out. You know, the full home and away season, I think, might be a little bit optimistic, but uh, especially if it's with uh, 30, 30 uh, weeks in line with the A-League season. It will, just, just quickly on that, it will come down to the fact that you've got to, got to be careful that, you know, the direction it goes, because you're not going to win um, trying to take on European leagues and or the NWSL, because that, mm. especially the Americans, because that's where a lot yeah. of talent pool comes from. So they need to work in harmony. Um, look, I think, uh, to be honest, I think they might have missed the boat a little bit, because um, I think obviously the big European clubs are really now getting behind that, uh, and you're starting to see a lot of Australian players already. I think, of, you know, probably Lugazzo, Emily Gilnick, Lisa Devano already over in Europe playing some very, very mm. big clubs. And I think it's going to they just got to be very careful about not trying to overplay and try to overplay their place in the world. It's more the American League. If they start running into the American League, all the mm. players who play both will all of a sudden have to choose, and the American League is far more lucrative. Yeah. I think it. that's where that's, that's where the players that to Sam that's Kerr. where you'll start to see players space. not playing W League. That was a good segue, Sam Kerr. Mm. Once you won the Golden Boot in America, mm. Chicago Red Stars. Yeah, yep. Chicago Red Stars. Now, what does what more does Sam have to do to get picked up by one of the European clubs. What is is there something special? Yeah, is it her choice? She does. Yeah, I think it's choose play for Perth, which is great if she does. But oh no, I think that's admirable. I mean, I think you know, you know, they all say go to Europe if you want to, if if you want to gain, you know, gain good things. But for her to stay loyal to Perth, I think that's pretty admirable. I still think she'd look good in orange and black, but that's just me. Yeah, she's a Perth girl. She's. I don't think you ever see her out of purple, to be honest. No, probably not. But it's all all good fun. <laughs> All right, so one other thing that uh, was finally confirmed after uh, several weeks of um, being discussed was the extended benches for the A-League squad as well. Mm. So if you have six or seven player benches, you can have six if you have two Australian under-23 players in your squad and seven if you have three. So we saw some clubs yeah. try and take advantage of that this weekend, but mm. it seemed like it was only a confirmed change a little bit too late, Scott. I, it, was, it officially confirmed Thursday night, which is oh. ridiculous, Oof. but... And you're right, I mean, the Friday night game, neither side had extended benches, and I think only two clubs over the weekend had the full seven, well, like which Perth. is interesting, but... Well, Perth did, uh, it, uh, Tony Popper just puts yeah. his son on the bench. <laughs> the last yeah. Perth manager who did that got himself in big trouble, so you might want to be careful. <laughs> you might want to be careful with that. Although, based on the sounds of it, at least Popovich's kids might have a solid future ahead of them as well. Yeah. So yeah. I think might be Chris, talented. Christian Popovich, I think, is the one on. who they've got uh, high hopes for as well. And he he was subbed on, I believe, in the yeah. game, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I feel confident enough in saying, you know, I'm sure Popovich wouldn't throw his kids into, mm, into no. the Oh, no. Look, all, all, all nepotism jokes aside, yeah. both, both players are very, very talented. And, yeah. uh, I said, I remember Christian um, making making good sort of name for himself against some small club from England. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah. Don't bring but up the England. Other small club from England they play. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't bring up England. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure. uh, oh, yeah. We'll have to try and keep the uh, United and Liverpool fans separate. Yeah. 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 Adam, it's getting a bit dangerous. Yeah, you're going to have to play bouncer, maybe, Adam. <laughs> There's a spare chair here. A spare chair that we can 
Please don't. This always violence from these Liverpool fans. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> Can we please not break the chairs? These were IKEA furniture, and they're really hard to put together. <laughs> right. I, did, I did want to mention James just quickly before yeah, yeah, we depart the um, under twenty threes in the squad. It was good to see. Um, a wave of new talent. I believe there was about 500 minutes of playing time for teenagers over the weekend. Um, really refreshing to see, especially with, I guess, the staleness of the league that some fans have put forward in the past uh, couple of years. And thank you for reminding me of that, actually, because I do have one question. Like, we've got the Wiley coming up as well, Brisbane Raw defending champions. <clears throat> but then I do kind of wonder how this is going to go where if the Wiley season isn't synced up with the A-League season, are we going to see maybe a few players having to choose between getting on that extended A-League bench and possibly not even taking to the pick or getting 90 minutes in a Y-League match. It'll be a mix, I reckon. Like One week they might be on the bench in the A-League for the experience, the next they'll be playing in the Y-League. Because it, it is a really short season and it's not the greatest of leagues, the Y-League. But it's, I, I, I guess, Alex, it's great to see the bench extended. And from a raw point of view, there's a lot of good young talent in that raw squad who could very well benefit from it. And you'll probably get more debuts out of it because... If you've got young players on the bench and the game is decided one way or the other in the last 10 minutes, are you going to throw on the experienced guy who's played 100 games in the A-League or are you going to try the young player? I think coaches will start trying the younger players so you might get more debuts. I think it's just good to see some new names. Yeah. yeah. The young names, yeah, those who follow the wider league, see a lot of them progress along. Um, and, and look, I think, yeah, 500 minutes or so worth of you know, young players playing, that can only help the league. You're happy to see all these new names. You do know the Raw had nine debutantes. Make, or playing their first A-League game for them this weekend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, it, it wasn't quite 2010, 2011 uh, under Postacoglu going, wait, who the hell is that? I'm not sure we're even eligible for the Y League, unfortunately, either. Like, no. <laughs> anyway. So what do you do about the Y League being too short? Do you do you bring in, do you make it a reserved game before I, each... I think that's the future of the Y League. I think, yeah. I think you're going to have to make it like an opening game before thanks the, before blame Tony Sage for why it is how it is because it was, a full, it was a full home and away season was, and he yeah. and a couple of others complained about the cost of it which I understand but yeah, it needs yeah. to be longer than that it's with absolute waste of time and then with the reserves games if, if they play yeah. the games before the before the A-League games then you can get crowds and you go oh yeah. he, he looks good he looks good he looks good that's, that's the one thing I've always said for years about the Y League is that you know it, it's probably been too short is that the last thing you want and then we've seen it with Raw Supports especially, yeah. We're young players, you know, because we we buy the wide league, and a lot a lot of people are going buy the league. And see these young players coming up. The worst thing you see them muttering in the crowd saying, "Who's that? Never seen him before." Yeah. Well, he's only you know, scored you know ten goals in wide league, but mm-hmm. you know, thank, thanks for noticing. So, yeah. and that and that's something. Sort of it's sort of promotion as well. I think for the future. Yeah. Look, uh, all I will say about the wide league, it's given me one of my favourite uh, moments at a local football match. It was that game we were at uh, between the Roar, and I'm pretty sure it was Adelaide. Where John Aloisi walked up to Daniel oh, yeah. Lake at half time <laughs> and went, Hey, guess what? You're playing tomorrow in the A League. Can you uh, come off the pitch now? <laughs> he, he literally subbed him off at half time. Is that saying, because that's all, you, that's all we got left? Is, is, is Yeah. <laughs> we need somebody quick. Yeah. The sad thing is, he was disappointed to be subbed at half time as well. He didn't like it. Yeah. Well, which is a good sign for Daniel Lake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I think the Wiley. Or a reserves league really is important as well. Like you, you need to give these guys a lot more games. But the one thing I don't get about that structure at the moment with the two conferences, you got one that basically doesn't travel, and you got the other conference which has to travel. That's got how they cut the, the costs of it, though. I know, but I just don't. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's cut the costs for half the clubs. But Perth still have to fly to Brisbane, fly to Melbourne twice, and fly to Adelaide. Yeah. So 
I'm not sure that's really cutting all that much, saving a few flights to New South Wales. I, I, I also think that, you know, at the end of the day, I think the future of the be a Wiley, be reserves league, is that you've just got to sync it up with, you know, with the with the uh, the A League draw. And at the end of the day, like I said that, that includes Wellington. Like that, they need to have a a duty all in. and yeah, yeah, all have in. that weekend. Yeah, yeah. All in. Oh, well, they have a youth team who play in the ASBA Premiership. I think it's yeah, called uh, the, the, the New yeah, Zealand local Premiership. They play in that, so they have a team that could do it. Yeah, I don't. I don't subscribe to the idea of then you know trying to throw in you know some NPL teams and stuff as well. I think it should be a closed, yeah. a closed yeah. reserves league, and then you can have your second division as well. And with that, would you then put like uh, like like raw youth in the NPL or anything like? Would you would that you could do free that up still. a license then for another? Yeah, another that's or? look. At that. It could that could be a way, but I think. The other thing, as, as I said, you know, overall, it comes down to, you know, seeking up the seasons in general, yeah. you know. If, you know, it, it all comes down to, you know, how the structure's going forward. So, but I, I think it's important to have a reserves league as well, rather than having it down as an under-20s or under-23s mm-hmm. league. Also, too, bearing that in mind with, with the changes in maybe, you know, what we'd like to see change in, in, in the Y League and the Reserve League is that uh, the ex- um, EPL CEO is now yeah Richard Scudamore yeah. so maybe that's something that he could possibly uh, look at or probably a out. long way down the list for him I think he's got a lot of um, financial issues that he yeah. have to worry about with the league first but certainly he could look at it down the track what do we think of that anyway I'm actually re- I, I like it I think it's basically uh, like I don't know how well he'll understand the Australian landscape but look it's a guy who's turned the Premier League into the juggernaut that it is mm-hmm. and if nothing else he seems to know how to make money mm-hmm. and Let's be honest, that's one thing that a lot of these clubs do need at the moment is just a way to turn themselves into like a slightly more profitable operation. I know mm-hmm. Victory have done a really good job with that mm-hmm. off the park, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of these clubs do kind of need that direction as well. So, I'd like to see Raw do that more. Uh, I, I, like, I don't... Yeah. Like, I think this season they've really been in the community a lot more. I think and, you know, with, the, with the travels up and down the Queensland coast for the pre-season, I think that's been brilliant. Just general advertising on that. I know that they've been that they've kind of been um, under the uh, realm of the FFA, so they didn't have much they could do with that. But I think now that now that they're going towards independence, you'd like to see them get out more. I, I, I think I think this season a transition season. Like the, gov- yeah. the whole government thing came very very late, and to be honest, I would like to have seen them you know hold back, let FFA have one more year, mm. and then you know really sort of you know, hit the ground running. But yeah. look at the end of the day, you can only try and you can only learn from so. Look at the end of the day. I next year, I think it will be better. As oh, well. Absolutely, yeah. and, and that's a challenge that that, that, that the new CEO's got with with that with the. Uh, His name escapes me. I'm yeah. sorry, but um, yeah, that's a that's a massive challenge. I think he's gonna, and hopefully he can see the media landscape, the way that they treat our game as well. Um, have have that have done in the past uh, with some of the big uh, media outlets. Um, you'd like to think that he he'll he'll be the one to actually bring it to a head and try and sort some of that out too I mean we, we, we've all seen the way the game's been treated over the years um, but you'd like to hope that uh, he'll, he'll, he'll butt heads with that I hope and, and, and try and get that sorted yeah definitely and Hopefully. I think that, that is the sort of uh, person that you need involved in the game mm-hmm. going forward somebody's yeah. just going to say hey notice me you don't have a choice in this yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. anyway look I think what we can all agree on there's you know a lot to be done for the A-League in particular but there's at least an exciting future about it I think that's mm. the that's the most important thing as well is there's so much potential we can all agree like yeah. a lot needs to be fixed up mm. but it's stuff that can be fixed there's mm. not a lot of stuff we look at and go well gee that's a big problem I think the good thing is that you have a short term 
goal now. Like I said, obviously medium term is, is you know, the second division, long term is pro relegation, everything comes out, and you know, own stadiums and whatnot. But they always have a short term goal mm-hmm. um, is important. I think it's I think it's the one thing I think that is go, going for the league at the moment is that there at least something is to look forward to. You know, twelve team, you know, yeah. and you, you know, stronger governance. And I think at the end of the day, I think that's I think next season will be even better than this, but let's not write the season already. And future expansion as well to you know fourteen yes, or possibly yeah. even sixteen yeah. teams. I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of room to grow like all yeah. over the country as well. You know, even go back up to Townsville. I know you were joking before about bring back the fury, no. but no, no, I'm not joking. I'm serious. No. Bring back the fury. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. only problem, like people saying, like it'd be good to see Hobart in there, which is which which well, you know, which we'd like to see but people keep saying Darwin as well but I don't know about you I don't think I want to be playing any form any, it'd be good to have a team in Darwin just for like the whole national thing it's, uh, I just can't see how it can work it's, I think Hobart, the population base Hobart, is too small and the yeah. commercials not yeah. enough support I think Hobart yeah. would be good only because the fact is, is that you know, there's not a presence in yeah. AFL, which is hardly yeah. to really be a punch in the face of them. Yeah. Um, nor NRL. So I think that'd be good. Yeah. yeah, Darwin. I just don't think it's, it's the hot. commercial. Too yeah, it's too hot. <laughs> I don't think it's the commercial no, no, sort of no. opportunities where no. Tasmania's quite... That was just something that's come something. No, 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 you're right. Because at the end of the day, the national... But that's what game. we like about the FFA Cup, mm. is, that, is that you can have teams from... All, all, over, yeah. all over Australia. And well, Sydney did go up to Darwin this, this yeah, FFA yeah, Cup, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, definitely. All right, so we're going to wrap up. Uh, just quick look around the A-League this weekend. The Raw are playing by FC. Uh, their record against by FC played three, zero points, zero goals scored, zero goals conceded, all back in 2010-2011, and I've got some fond memories of the bye weekend. I don't know about you. It's great, yeah. And well, good news is there's two more to come after this weekend. That's also why we've been... Uh, rambling on for the last 20 odd minutes trying to <laughs> trying to just find anything to talk about it's so not a great weekend of games either either looking at that is it really I, I know they're trying to promote the Central well, Coast Newcastle F3 derby but I actually think this is a very very interesting weekend yeah okay, okay well, I'm going to start off victory versus Western Sydney Friday this is a game that always a firecracker yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and if Western Sydney if the stands are, are on the field <laughs> oh, <laughs> pun intended pun intended sorry uh, and then you've also got Western United Perth first up Saturday. Now I'm going to watch the first half of this and then duck over to the Wallabies World Cup quarter final. Where are they playing? Geelong. This game's yeah. in Geelong. So yeah. What I Geelong. am looking forward to in this is just seeing how that Geelong base buys into the team. Mm-hmm. Who are basically it's a Geelong base that's been told. Is that a Cat Stadium? Yeah. 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 But yeah, I know. It's they're playing there. They're playing some games in Ballarat as well. It's. It's like the Wanderers where they're trying to move around for a yeah. couple of games mm-hmm. years right. before but I do, their stadium is built. Well, so. on that, I do want to like just see how that uh, fan base buys yeah. into it, considering yeah. they're being told, yeah, we're here for a few years, but then we're buggering off to this shiny new stadium if mm. it gets built. That's my way fans in Wellington, I saw. Yeah, yeah. It, could, it could go well. And look, as I said back in segment one, Mark Rigan's built a pretty interesting-looking team yeah. there. So mm. if nothing else... I feel like they're going to be watchable early on as well. Australia loves a bandwagon too, so if they go up to a good start, they might get crowds in as well. Mm. Definitely. Awesome. Then you've got the uh, F3 derby, which, well, who knows what's well, going to happen. There was a bit of spice, I mean, earlier in the FFA Cup <laughs> when old Laurie McKinnon dropped the flag in on the uh, Mariners <laughs> game. So, yeah. And also, let's not forget, Central Coast, they did make the FFA Cup semi-final. They yeah. also made the quarter-final. Mm. Central Coast might not be bad. I mean, they might not be good, but... Mm. They might not be a bad side. I think, I think they're going to be competitive this season. I don't think they're going to be, you know, down in the cellar dweller sort of stakes. Yeah, I, I haven't seen enough of Newcastle pre-season to really make mm. a Has judgment anyone? on how <laughs> on how they're going to go. So I kind of go for Central Coast with that from what I've, from yeah. what I've seen. Yeah. Well, big thing I would also take away from that is the fact that yeah, Central Coast, 
they they've got some good players. Newcastle are a little bit battered, and they are coming off a round one bye as well. So mm. they did beat Victory in the FFA Cup, though. So mm. thank you. That was what I was actually trying to stall to get yeah. to as well. Then I just had a complete mind blank. <laughs> okay, it's Sunday. We've got two games here. You got Melbourne City hosting Adelaide in a dry Jeez. run for the FFA Cup final. Yeah, that that'd be interesting to see who, of intent who tries whether. Both teams try to go for it, being the league, knowing that they play each other four days for the big, big shiny cup, or you know whether one team takes it seriously. Or like so, I think this might be a bit of a. Um yeah, I reckon it might be a downhill draw. That's awful scheduling luck that for the FFA. Yeah, well, you can't really blame them. You can't really blame. No, them it's just bad luck to have yeah, that yeah, happen. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I think we all, all would much prefer to have seen Brisbane strikers versus Adelaide United in the FFA well, Cup final. That's but true. Yeah. either way. Once again, congratulations to Strikers on what was a pretty impressive mm. cup run right. as well. Yeah. Mm. And then uh, you've also got Sydney FC versus Wellington to close out the weekend. I think I might go for a run instead of that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I will say, actually, yeah. just on, on a completely personal gripe, and I know this is only going to impact me, not, none of the people <laughs> listening, but I've gotten into the habit of going for a run Sunday evening out at Manly by the water. Five o'clock Sunday is a dreadful kickoff time for the Raw. Because I spent, I got to about four o'clock and just realised. I'm not going to have time to get out there, do 5Ks and come back. 5Ks? Yeah. 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 What's your point out? This time last year, I wasn't going to Do you notice the sympathy of the silence in people <laughs> <laughs> right now? Yeah, yeah. I think that would be echoed by our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. I know, but I, yeah. I don't know. I, it's a great kickoff time to go to the stadium, but it's an awful one if you're watching it on TV. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah I, you get a cooking dinner. Yeah, yeah I think the ratings do reflect that. It's not a great time slot. Mm. But like, on the rest, can people stop looking at them game by game, week by week, and just completely overreacting to them? Just relax. Well, actually, on those ratings as well, like, was anyone expecting you know a tripling of the viewing figures just because it was a new season? Like, I'll be interested no, no. to see what they are at the end of the season. Yeah, if so- the A League generates any sort of momentum for the rest of the year going forward, that's when the viewing numbers are going to grow. I, th- I think I think it's all it's for false economy. You know, I think at the end of the day, it's not it's not taking into account viewership on the My Football Live app. It's not taking account KO yeah, yes, views. Right. A lot a lot of right. people a lot of people you now have ditched yeah. their right. or dodgystream.com, which a lot of people do as well. Because yeah. yes. so, yes. they've got rid of Fox Google, Sports. Google dodgystream.com. No, no, but a lot of people have got rid of Fox because they've found other ways yeah. to watch. Yeah. Some yeah. legal, some not. So yeah. it doesn't count any of that. Yeah, yeah that, that's true too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Going your friends, and I, th- I think as well that you know the A League, unlike NRL, unlike AFL, like there are a lot of new mediums where more people probably watch than say the, the traditional ones who watch on TV because you know wall to wall coverage. So I think you know people you know lose their minds over oh only forty thousand watch the game on Friday night. Who cares? That's Foxtel's problem. Yeah, okay. at the end of that, their yeah. problem really. All I will say, guys, we've got to say something for next week because we won't have a raw game to recap in segment one. So. <laughs> I think we might have to call it a night here as well, so we can try and get this under an hour, which I just got to say, overall, fantastic stalling for the uh, final segment. That was just brilliant. Anytime. So we're hoping for some real VAR controversy this week to fill out a segment. Definitely. So we should also say thank you, Alex. Thank you, Liam, for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thank you for having us. Check out Queensland Socceroos fans. Thank you, everyone, for bearing with us as we've recorded this a little bit differently tonight or camped around the campfire microphone. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Adam. Good to see you again, James, Adam. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, It's been an interesting week with the A-League back. This has been a Podula Media production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.